0: Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking. Today, we're talking Sunbelt Conference football with Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. How are you this evening, Danny? Uh, I'm doing great, man. hope you're doing well, too. I am. uh, I was going to start it out kind of like, you know, hey, my Phillies are winning, uh, are leading the World Series, but they're really not my Phillies. But I do that to aggravate Top and uh, Jay because Jay will chime in. How many teams do you have, and Top will go, want to talk about his Braves, and I'm like, just shut up and sit down, all you Atlanta fans.
1: Okay, (laughs) the Braves won their World Series. Yes. That should last at least for a while. Phillies fans, out of principle, don't have a whole lot to be happy about because I think it's 1950 and 1983 that they won the World Series. With, with half or of the no, Red's no, team. No, 19, no, 19. I'm sorry, 1950 and 2008. They rented in 83, but they lost to Cal Ripken and the Orioles that year when Alta Belli was the manager. Oh. But yeah, Phillies haven't had a whole lot to be happy about. And I know that signing Bryce Harper to that mega deal was this is why they did it, but still got to finish the job.
0: Yeah, no, the, uh, I know the Phil, I, so it was 83 that they had all the Reds on their team, I guess, when they made the World Series.
1: Well, I remember it was that because in the 50s, they were the Wiz kids, and then in the in the 80s, they were the Wheeze kids because they were all old.
0: Oh, <laughs> very nice. So, no, I am uh, – it's not my Reds, although Castellano is in the World Series, uh, former Red. But then again, everybody's a former somebody now <laughs> – no one stays with their team.
1: Well, that's especially the case in college athletics with NIL and the transfer portal. Some guys, I think, are playing with as many as three and four schools, but that is the era, and we we got to find a way to deal with it.
0: Exactly. Well, let's get on to football, even though this is not a very good subject, but we'll talk about last Wednesday's game, last Thursday's game, excuse me, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Ah. Uh, Disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. But as we talked about last week, Cajuns have not had a good run in Hattiesburg. Did you get a chance to watch that?
1: Yeah, and I didn't realize that the numbers were that skewed towards Southern Miss, but what I did notice is that you could tell how much that game met to Southern Miss. And I don't know if the Cajuns would have been last year's version of themselves. I don't know if they would have won that game. I just I think that that was supposed to be Southern Misses night. It was national television from the looks of it. They had a pretty solid crowd. And to me, the way it felt, that represented them being back. I don't know that they are yet, but considering they started 0-2, they're 5-1 and since, and they gave Tulane their only loss this season, you can definitely feel that they're on their way. But if you get into the whole, are we back? Are we back? I don't know if you're ever really back. You're always trying to build towards something like the whole, is Texas back? Well, clearly no, because I don't know if there is such a thing. Because if you say you're back, then you automatically, psychologically, you pull back a little bit because you think of achieved something, whether you have or not. But I do think that Southern Miss is absolutely trending in the right direction. Really good defense. They had some big plays on offense. Somehow they're making it work with Frank Gore throwing passes. But um, good on them.
0: You know, one thing that you know, Wilkie was in the game at quarterback most of the time, but but for him being in there, uh, he is a freshman, but at the same time, this wasn't his first opportunity to play. And you could tell that he was getting a little bit better uh throughout the game, even for that matter. But I don't know how Frank Gore throws
1: the ball the way he does, but well, we talked about this a couple of times already. This happened to Georgia Southern at Georgia State. It happened to James Madison at Georgia Southern. If you go on the road, you can't turn it over four times. Well. Wow. You can't you can't really do it, period. You can't go into somebody else's house, give the ball away that much, especially the first drive of the third quarter where Chris Smith has a breakaway run only to get stripped. And it seemed like a little bit of momentum was building from the end of the first half, but to have that drive taken away right out of the locker room and Despite that, it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter with the football. So you got yourselves back into it, but then another turnover, then a pick six, and that was pretty much that.
0: Yeah, you know, you brought I'm glad you brought up Chris Smith's run because it was it did seem like there was something happening there on that drive and everything. Uh and I'm hoping that with that run, even though he did fumble the ball, that leads into momentum this week. Weekend, uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, uh, so just so, so heartbreaking. Uh, I, that was my third trip to Hattiesburg for Cajun football, and I was there for the only win in '89 with Brian Mitchell defeating uh, Brett Favre, even though it wasn't, they weren't both playing defense and everything, you know.
1: Wow, I wouldn't even have thought about that. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was, it's been a fun series. You know, back in the day, in the early '80s, it was one of those things that, you know, you had guys like uh, Jeff Blake. Uh, I forgot who was some of the other uh, the other mid-major quarterbacks at the
1: time I came forgot in. A- he went there, so I totally forgot he went there. Well, you can't remember everything, Danny, in
0: that head of yours. I mean, you remember so much; it just amazes me. But it's well, kind of like Jay. That's the That's the product of not having a life, Craig. Well, but Jay, well, that's true. Jay Jay remembers everything, but he can't remember what he had for breakfast in
1: the morning. So, no, I've always told Jay the the reason why he remembers everything because he's been there for everything. (laughs) Well, that's true too. All
0: right, Old Dominion headed to Georgia State uh, for a game. Uh, Any surprise there for you? I mean, uh,
1: I thought it would have been a little closer, maybe. Yeah, me too. I thought Old Dominion would be a little bit more competitive, but I remember when we talked a couple of weeks ago about how Old Dominion dominated Coastal Carolina's offensive and defensive lines, and it felt like, whoa, there was something to that. But now it looks like it was more just Coastal being really off that day, even though it was their homecoming. Georgia Southern went to Norfolk, and they dominated Old Dominion up front. And then to see them go to Georgia State, and that's what the Panthers are known for. So if Old Dominion was going to show what they had against anybody that was like them that would have been the game and I think it was a 14-14 game but Georgia State got the touchdown in the third quarter Old Dominion gave it right back on a turnover and before they knew it it was 28 14 and you're playing catch-up but not a whole lot of possessions left.
0: It's you know C- Cody and I spoke earlier in the evening about that playing catch-up you exert so much energy to try to catch up and then it, Towards the end, you're just going to give. It's very similar in basketball that when teams make a run, generally speaking, they can get closer, tie the game, but they really, it's hard to pull away
1: at that point. Well, with basketball, there's so many possessions. You're getting the ball sometimes two and three times a minute. With football, you never really know how many times you're going to get the ball back.
0: That's true. And, uh, and the clock is, uh, is a little bit harder to handle. Uh, you, the other team gets the opportunity to run out of the clock. There's no, there is a, a play clock, but not like the shot clock is in, in basketball. So, uh, App State holding, hosting Robert Morris, uh, not really any, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you saw anything or heard of anything, but the, the game was, it, it wasn't close. And I mean, when apps got, almost 300
1: yards rushing. Again, they're kind of hard to beat no matter who they're playing. It seemed like it took them a little bit to get going. It seemed like it was midway through the second quarter where it was still reasonably close. But like we mentioned with them playing Georgia State, app realized that they've got two of the better running backs in the league. They realize that even though their offensive line may not be as star-studded as it usually is, Cooper Hodges is still one of the league's best right tackles. And despite being a little bit undersized, they know how to fit their scheme. They know how to run the football. And if you get past Noel and Peoples, Daytrick Harrington is finally healthy. Amani Marshall's been really good in spurts. And I know he doesn't see a ton of time outside of garbage duty, but Anderson Castle's a local running back from Watauga that whenever he gets in the game, he's a fan favorite. And I think he's more than capable if he would be called on to do a little bit more. The worry for them was all the newness at receiver because they lost three 60 year guys at receivers last year, but Christian Wells and Christian Horn have done pretty well. The guy they're really excited about is Marcus or Stroman, Dalton Stroman. I was thinking baseball, Dalton Stroman, not Marcus Stroman, the pitcher. They think that Dalton Stroman might end up being one of the best receivers that's ever come through there. And that's pretty high praise for a school that sent multiple receivers to the NFL. But still, they're going to be themselves at the most whenever they're running the football. And I would venture that Coastal is going to see a lot of that run game on Thursday night in Conway because that is a huge game for not only both of those teams in the East, but the rest of the division is watching that game as well because if Coastal wins that game, it's going to be very tough for anybody else to win the division. If App wins and it gives Coastal its second loss, then that opens up the division to everybody, especially – Georgia Southern, which has a big game themselves this weekend against South.
0: Uh, South Alabama head, headed to Arkansas State up at Jonesboro. I, the only surprise to me was that Arkansas State usually plays better at home. I mean, not so much of a surprise that, that South Alabama blew them out, I guess, in
1: reality. Yeah, they got a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. I don't. They didn't get very much out of Johnny Lang. I mean, he only played the first play I think against the Cajuns the week before, they had all those all those issues at quarterback. They got James Blackman back, but he was getting picked up off the ground more than he was throwing the football. They got him four times. Marcel Murray got his first action in a while. Him, mean, his career's been filled with injuries, but it was nice to see him look a little bit like his old self. But I mean, they had negative 19 yards rushing. So they 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 couldn't get anything going on the ground. Yeah, the sacks factor into that quite a bit and credit Kane Womack for the game plan they put together on defense because they knew that Ark State's offensive line was banged up I think they had four guys in different positions over the weekend and that's a defense that doesn't blitz a ton Having watched a little bit of it but they set the house a lot banking on the fact that they're not going to be able to block it and you've got a quarterback that's just coming back off of injury so good on them for that kind of game plan and offensively, they weren't great. I think they only had 360-some yards. But when you've got a running back like LaDamian Webb that you can just give the ball an unlimited number of times, he's just got that body that he can take, a lot of pounding. And then they were selective with their pass game. They got that long touchdown to Jalen Wayne. They did what they needed to on offense, and it was more than enough because that defense wasn't giving up anything. Yeah, Damian Webb with
0: 162 yards rushing, that'll eat up a lot of clock and not give you the opportunities like we
1: talked about earlier to get the ball back and do anything with it so the final drive of the game was seven minutes plus they went 11 plays 52 yards he carried every one of those plays and finished it all with a touchdown you don't see that too much no that sounds very familiar though I think the Cajuns had a a seven
0: plus minute drive on Arkansas State last year to hold Arkansas (laughs) but that was the whole Arkansas State off and when get out well, of there, with
1: considering that the cages in Arkansas State really don't like each other, probably meant a little bit more. That's true, too. Uh,
0: Marshall, uh, Marshall, Coastal Carolina, uh, and I'm sitting here, looking. oh, I'm I got the two things mixed up, but Coastal Carolina headed to Marshall 21 points in the first quarter that had to kind of seal it for him, but at the same
1: time, uh, a little bit of a shocker there to me. Yeah, Marshall's the team in the league that nobody can figure out. Go to Notre Dame and win. They pick up an important victory against James Madison, but like we had mentioned before, JMU was down both tackles. Todd Centeno didn't play. They had a rotational linebacker that was out. They lost one of their safeties for the year, and it just it, it started to pile up on JMU but you can tell that Marshall is really searching for any kind of consistency at quarterback. Henry Columbia was hurt. He was a healthy scratch last weekend. They went with the lefty Cam fancher the entire time and the numbers were fine, but there were just, there were times in the game where he didn't look terribly comfortable. He was missing some intermediate throws. Now he made some really good throws in his own right, but the, the idea of catch up when you're down 21, nothing in the first quarter, you kind of have to abort your game plan. Everything that you thought that you had figured out going into the week, you basically light on fire on the sideline and say, okay, we got to figure out how to get all these points back. And look, their defense was phenomenal for about two and a half quarters. Coastal was punting almost every time they got the ball back. Sometimes Marshall was scoring. Sometimes they were turning it over. They lost multiple guys because of injury. And what made the difference is that Kalen Labern was not somebody that they could rely on. This is the first time all year that he was held under 100 yards rushing. And when they couldn't get the ball to Corey Gamage, every single play on the outside, I think Coastal figured that out. And then they got that one more score leg to help ice it. But they, they bounced back after the Old Dominion loss. They had a bye week to let it stew. And now they've got themselves set up against App on Thursday where if they win that game, they're in really good position to win the East. I know they still got Southern Miss. They've still got James Madison, but it becomes very difficult for the rest of the league to catch Coastal if the shots win on Thursday night.
0: Uh, Fancher, Back to Fancher real quick, though. Four sacks. I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch the game at all. It was a later game, if I remember correct. So four sacks. Uh, I had it on but was kind of doing other things as well. So I, I'm, I've got to believe if he was sacked four times, he had to been hurried a lot, too which had to do with his inconsistency, maybe?
1: Yeah, just about all of his throws were on the run. And I know this is something subtle, but with the lack of left-handed quarterbacks that exist in, in football anymore, that is I – you mean, you don't think about it, but at the same time, most of the time, if quarterbacks are rolling out, they're rolling right toward the arm side. You basically have to flip that around – and roll left and remember that, okay, maybe we need to be on the right hash a little bit more than we need to be on the left hash because the field for a lefty becomes the other way if he's going to roll arm side and try to get his weight behind the football. Otherwise, if you keep things the same like they would for Columbia and the ball's on the left hash a lot, if he's rolling right, that's away from the grain. He's got to throw off his wrong foot. He's got to find a way to get the ball out quickly. So maybe that's something that peeks in. Maybe it's something that really doesn't matter. But at the same time, Fancher just started within these last couple of weeks whenever Columbia was ineffective and a little bit banged up. And now, if you're Marshall, you're not just fighting for the postseason. I mean, they're not going to win the division. You're not just fighting for the postseason. You're trying to finish better than 500. And for a program that doesn't lose very much and that has a very proud tradition and a pretty rowdy fan base, that, that that's not sitting too well in Huntington right now. Absolutely, I can imagine. One more thing on the drive chart that I find interesting is Coastal
0: Carolina scored on their first three series, uh, only scored, uh, scored touchdowns on their first three series, and then kicked a, a field goal later on, but Marshall didn't turn the ball over. They were punting to them, so I'm a little bit surprised there, but at the same time, the Coastals... Second drive was only 49 yards. So I don't know what happened to the actual punt there
1: if you only had to drive 49 yards. Look, Marshall's really good at home historically. And the only reason that I can tell you how much is because in Georgia Southern's game notes, it's listed that of the top winning percentages at home all time, it's Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia Southern, Marshall, and Boise State. Those are the top five all-time winning percentages at home in FBS history. I think Marshall's won almost 82% of their home games. Edwards Stadium is a bear to go to. I say that to the Cajuns because a couple weeks ago, y'all just went there and got the win. Very impressive. But that's not something that teams do very often, especially for them to be down 21-0 in the first quarter. That's almost unheard of. That'd be very similar to coming to Paulson Stadium and being up 21-0 in the first quarter. Well, uh,
0: interesting to see that game. I said I thought it – a little, little odd for me, to say the least. So, uh not a whole lot of games last week. So, Danny, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll discuss this week's schedule. You're listening and we're talking with Craig Molosson and Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. This welcome back. Is being in, <laughs> welcome back into another episode of We're Talking. Craig Molosson and Danny Reed of the Georgia Southern Eagles, voice of the Georgia Southern. Danny, I just noticed on my zoom also that it, it is a female voice. So, uh, when it says a recording, but interesting, I don't know. Little things interest me. All right. App state going to coastal. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, but who does what and where does it go from here? It's kind of
1: The last I saw app was a small favorite and considering how coastal has, it's tough to say that a seven and one team tiptoes through the season. I think coastal's kind of tiptoed through the year because they feel like they could be easily under 500. They've had a lot of close calls and Georgia Southern being one of them is the Eagles rough double digits with 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter in that game in Conway. But for whatever reason, they're figuring it out, and when you have Grayson McCall, that's a big reason why. You've got a defense, a largely a no-name defense, outside of DeJordan Strong and Josiah Stewart, who are two of the league's best of what they do at their respective positions. Coastal has announced a blackout for this game, which is, is a little bit odd, considering that it's one of App's primary colors, but we know they're a little bit different in Conway and they they go to the beat of their own drum.
0: That they, they do. They
1: probably realize – yeah, they, yes, they do. They probably realize that a win Thursday night, it doesn't lock up the East, but you could probably kick your shoes off a little bit. I, I, I wouldn't say go take a shower or anything like that, but you could probably kick your feet off and put your slippers on because you you feel pretty comfortable the rest of the way, even though your last two conference games are Southern Miss and James Madison. App is pretty much playing for their season because a loss here not only knocks them out of the East but it makes their bowl chances very very slim. Do you
0: think uh, maybe the blackout? I I don't know how well App State fans travel. Do you They'll think? They'll travel
1: may- well for that
0: game. Okay, so, that game. so so. Them going there, maybe they're doing the blackout. So, knowing that App State fans are going to wear black, and that way it doesn't look like there's a lot of App State fans in the
1: stands. That's possible. And knowing how Coastal is very confident of themselves and sure of themselves, we'll just say it that way. I I think that there's a lot more to the blackout than just them wearing a uniform, if if you catch my drift.
0: I understand completely. Uh, app is a three-point favorite according to ESPN.com over under 64 do you think that's uh, if you were a betting man
1: where would you go I, I'm terrible at these okay whenever I say take the under there's an explosion whenever I say they'll blow it out it ends up being 10 to 6 It's it's possible because both offenses can score in bunches but One thing that could keep that from being reached is that both are pretty ball control. They've got big play potential, but not nearly as much as they have had in the past, just because there's some newness on the offense at the skill position. Both teams are more likely, I think, to grind it out. Now they could get some short fields if there are turnovers and special teams gets mixed in as well. But I think the, the likelihood of long drives might limit a high scoring game, but it's, it still might be, it's hard to say.
0: Yeah. I I thought it was kind of high. So, but again, what do I know? Uh, Marshall headed to old dominion. Uh, Marshall's a three point favorite here. Um, Both teams have an opportunity to, 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 to kind of boost their season and going forward and get to that six wins for bowls. But Marshall has, do they not have two, FCS teams this year, as well as app.
1: Maybe not. I know Maybe. they I know they play or yes, yes, they did because they played Norfolk State and Gardner Webb. Yes, they do have two FCS teams. I, I thought that's what you'd said because they were supposed to play out of
0: conference with App State, and neither one of them could pick up a game.
1: Correct. And that's why app had to go get Robert Morris. And so both teams would need if they're going to go to a bowl, both teams would need to win seven to be bowl eligible
0: that's going to be tough to do for Marshall at this point uh and yeah. and you know especially if, if they lose this game and the same thing for Old Dominion if they lose this game they're probably out of uh, a bowl hunt
1: as well um any uh, thoughts I'll, on go, the game? I'll go back to what I, I'll go back to what I was talking about earlier I can't figure Marshall out so whatever I say they're probably going to do the opposite. I do know with Old Dominion, the potential is there, and it seems like whichever team can be the best version of themselves, and I put it that way because they haven't done it as often as they would like to this year. They really lack consistency. So whoever can muscle up and basically win a game that they've got to win, that's who's that's who's going to be in a better spot.
0: Okay. Uh, Jordan State traveling to Southern Miss. Uh, thoughts on that?
1: Well, you saw how good Southern Miss can be at home. And I know the rock is, it's a tough place, especially when they're confident in themselves and they've got to be after the win last week against the Cajuns. But there's always that natural letdown that you worry about. These teams haven't seen each other. I mean, Atlanta and Hattiesburg aren't going to clash a whole lot. And Georgia State's also playing for its season almost every week. They've They've got a slim chance at the East, but they would have to win out and get a lot of help. I, I, would, I would doubt that they could win it because they need a lot more to happen than Georgia Southern does, even though Georgia State has the victory over Georgia Southern. For Southern Miss, they've got to find a way to manage expectations, especially playing as well as they have with five wins in the last six games and knowing that they only need one more victory to get to bowl eligibility as much as last year stunk for them. And Georgia Southern can relate to that a little bit. I I would, I'd be inclined to go Southern Miss close at home, but Georgia state is more than capable with their style of play. But that running game against that Southern Miss defense, that's the one I'd be watching because I think that that's two of the best in the league doing what they do going against each other.
0: Yeah. To me, uh, the difference is the extra time for Southern Miss. I think if they would have played on Saturday and beat the the Cajuns in that emotional game on on Saturday, I think it'd have been taken a little bit. But now they've had some time to come down, and I, I quite frankly, and you and I have talked about it before. I think Will Hall is is one of the better football coaches in the country, definitely the league,
1: yeah. and I, I, he just finds ways to win when he needs to you know, he's terrific. He loves that place. They love him. There is a full buy-in. They embrace everything that they're doing. And now you're seeing why. Exactly.
0: Let's move on. Texas state heading to ULM of the battle of the softies. Uh, (laughs) probably not the right thing for me to say, but Hey, uh, Texas state, uh, ULM favor, uh, one and a half Texas state, this is a game to me. I've got to believe we say this almost every week with Texas State, their coaches playing for their coaches'
1: career at this point. I think this game is going to be pretty high scoring because Lane Hatcher can not only complete a lot of passes, but he has a way of moving an offense quickly. But Chandler Rodgers for ULM, very high completion percentage but he also can run the football he's he's a true dual threat guy which opens up that offense i i think that this is going to be a fast game i think this game's going to have a lot of points but i think texas state pulls this out on the road
0: okay i'm not sure where to think of this one quite honestly uh the cajuns play texas state later on the year uh already lost to monroe so uh, uh it's kind of hard to talk bad about them but at the same time uh I I would give the edge to Texas State as well. Uh, James Madison heading to uh, Louisville. uh, Louisville five and three, seven and a half point favorite. What does James Madison have to do now
1: to to take somebody down? A couple of weeks ago, if this game would have gotten played, I I think Southern or I think James Madison might have been favored. That that's how high I think people were on the Dukes you're 5-0 in your debut season, you're top 25, and all of a sudden that mountaintop doesn't appear as high as it looked from the bottom. But they are quickly understanding what life at the FBS level is like. Go to Georgia Southern, lose a close game, four turnovers, block punt for a touchdown. Then Centeno gets hurt in practice the next week. They have to go to their backup, Billy Atkins, who was well under 50% passing, lost both their offensive tackles, a number of injuries on defense, And it ended up being a pretty comfortable victory for Marshall. Indications are that there are no indications in terms of their health. So I think we're all going to be surprised by the time that JMU gets to Louisville. And another reason why I would have said JMU might've been favored is because Louisville was eh, barely keeping their head above water, but they just cracked skulls last weekend against Wake Forest. And that's a Wake team that was, doing quite well again after a very good 21 season where they had double digit victories where Louisville is going to be able to go from here. Who knows? Because they haven't had that kind of victory in a while. And if you're James Madison, you've got to be wary of that snowball because you're not used to think the first time they've lost back-to-back games in seven years. And it's, it doesn't happen. This is different for them, and now they're doing it at a higher level. Where before it was, we're rolling through the FBS, which I guess anybody would feel that way if you're five and zero, top twenty-five. But now it's, you got to be a program. You got to figure out where your program is, not trying to attach yourselves to the memories of the FCS level. Absolutely, I don't. I don't know
0: where this game goes as well either and said the Louisville beating Wake Forest was, was a shocker. I think Wake Forest is a a good football team. So. Ah, Troy coming into Louisiana. Um, Troy has the upper hand at this point with uh, in regards to the West, but senior day for the Cajuns, uh, a different, a different uh, look not being the last game of the season, last home game of the season, but at the same time, the last Saturday
1: home game of the season. What's your thoughts on this? You'd like to say that this is going to be a last stand for the Cajuns because whatever they're going to do the rest of the year has to begin on Saturday. There's no slipping up and then oh, you might be able to back into it over the final couple of games, especially when you've got to end the year on the road in multiple weeks and you've got another midweek game against Georgia Southern the following Thursday, which being at home is nice because you don't have to worry about the travel. You're not coming back from anywhere as well, so that's an added bonus. But that Troy defense is so, so good. And you know they're going to be able to throw the football. They run the ball where they can. I I think that Troy has gotten to turn around a lot more quickly than – people anticipated now John Sumrall was going to win there he was the guy that they wanted for years they finally got him I don't know that they expected it this fast but for them you might be able to think about that West being locked up with a victory and look I know Southern Miss has played quite well and I know that that's their only league loss is to Troy so they would have to either benefit from a tiebreaker or finish a full game ahead of Troy, which means that they would have to go two up on them over the final couple of weeks of the season. But I've I've been really impressed by Troy, especially that victory against South Alabama, not needing to score a whole lot to win in somebody else's house where they had sold out Hancock Whitney for the first time ever. And, it's tough to say which version of Ben Wooldridge is going to show up on Saturday because he got his numbers the week before against Arkansas State when he was player of the week. He got his numbers against Southern Miss, but it was in that catch-up mode. So you got to take that with a grain. It's always He what, through for 370, but also three interceptions. One of those was a pick six. The fumble lost it was a 29 to 5 game which i think there's some scoregami in there i don't know if i've you've, i've heard of very many 29 to 5 games you know about you've heard the website scoregami haven't
0: you no okay,
1: the, it's it's all the unique scores in i think football history i'm not sure if it's com or whatever but it keeps track of all the unique scores in the history of football but I would say this is going to be a lot tougher for the Cajuns than it is going to be Troy. I know that Louisiana is home. I know that it's senior day, but I I, I think that this is going to be a tough one for Louisiana. I I, I would take Troy here. Uh, I,
0: I, I said, coming into the season, I thought Troy was going to be our toughest game. Uh, Troy does have wins over Southern Miss and South Alabama. So it would take a lot for them to fall on their face. Uh, the rest of the season to, uh, to get to that spot, but it could happen. So everybody's got a chance there still uh, we'll see what happens. I just know that it's senior day in the senior class, especially on the defense has a lot to be proud over of over the last five years. And I think oh, uh, without, without a doubt, it's huge what you guys have done, but so it it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm not going to, not going to comment any more about my team. So, I don't want anybody uh, thinking I'm pulling one way or the other when when everybody knows where my heart is. So, finally, you know, South Alabama uh, heading into Georgia Southern this weekend. South Alabama is a team that's been on a roll. Um, what happens here?
1: <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> I really wish I knew they're they're really good and I talked about this with Coach Helton on Monday they remind me a lot of James Madison by the way that they seem to always be in the right spot on defense you can get them with the pass like Georgia Southern got James Madison with the pass their offense is RPO based the one thing that is different Carter Bradley the Toledo transfer is not as much of a running threat as Todd Santeo is I think if he wanted to run, he could in an emergency, but that's not his game. He wants to get the football, hand it off to LaDamian Webb or whoever they're going to put at running back, or he's going to look to work in three talented receivers. They also use as many as four different tight ends, and their tight ends have given Georgia Southern issues for years, even though the Eagles hold a pretty big advantage in this series. They didn't last year, went to Mobile on a Thursday night in October and just got clubbed 41-14 to and Hancock-Whitney. It's, it's salute to service on Saturday. It's also Hall of Fame weekend. We have a Hall of Fame banquet on Friday night and in, inducting seven new members to Georgia Southern's Athletic Hall of Fame. And three of those are football players. So all those families will be there. This is also the start of three home games for the Eagles in the final four of the regular season. So if they're going to make a push for the East, they're as about as equipped as anybody. And considering that Marshall and App are the other two home games, you feel at least encouraged by the chances that Georgia Southern can do something here yeah they had to sit after going on the road and beating Old Dominion the week before but after playing eight straight weeks five of those being on the road four of those games being two back-to-back road trips a couple flights mixed in they they were going for 13 straight weeks overall when you include fall camp they needed they needed some time to chill they, they needed to get guys healthy. They needed to get their bones back. They needed to they just needed a rest. worry about things academically, do some body maintenance, work on some light things schematically. This is I talked with Jt Crabtree just earlier today. This is definitely the biggest matchup between these two in the history of the matchup. There's only been eight meetings since the Eagles joined the Sun Belt. This is not going to be. A large margin in either direction. I think that this is going to be tape up your knuckles and let's go to it. I think that this is going to be a really good game. I think the crowd that shows up is going to be into it, and I say it that way because the Eagles are going to be fighting the Tennessee Georgia game, which kicks off at 3:30 on Saturday. And you can say that's one versus two, depending on what poll you want to go by. So that's, that's something that the Eagles are going to struggle with a little bit with attendance. But as I think I've said before on these, regardless of what that five digit number is that gets handed to the public address in the fourth quarter, who's ever in that stadium wants to be in that stadium. They're true blue, they get what it means to be passionate about this place, and that is what is gonna put Georgia Southern over the top if the Eagles get this win. I think that they're similar in a lot of ways in how they'll try to execute. And for Georgia Southern, they've just given the league two different looks the last two games. They threw 64 times against James Madison, then they run it 50 times against Old Dominion. So it's basically, well, we can do this, but we can also do this. So if you wanna pick one, we've shown that the Eagles are more than capable of winning in a number of different ways. But I I think that this is going to be a really good game. Georgia Southern can get to bowl eligibility with a win after winning just three games all last year. And if you're South Alabama, you're already bowl eligible, so you know you're going to the postseason. But you also know that if you're going to keep pace with Troy and the rest of the Western Division, this is one that you need as well. Absolutely. I think this is
0: uh, – that's why I kind of saved this one for last besides the fact that it's your team. I think this is going to be uh, this is going to probably be the best Saturday game there is. So uh, you got you got App State and Coastal playing on Thursday, if I can. Yes, Thursday. So all right, Danny. Well, thank you. Uh, but before we go, I I looked it up. I was gonna I was gonna say something about uh, words of wisdom, but I was trying to find something different to say than words of wisdom and my mind just slipped you know I'm becoming Jay Walker uh with with uh, uh I can't I don't know no, if you're there yet. No. So I'm much better looking first of all. I've got much better hair which is not hard to do.
1: So but well, all of Jay's hair is all of Jay's hair is on his on his um his back above his upper lip. Oh
0: <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> Any last words (laughs) or comments that you'd like to give? It's getting close. We'll know a lot
1: more. We'll know a lot more about the East division after Thursday. If Coastal wins, then the teams that can get to the postseason simply need to worry about that unless Coastal, for some reason, would really slip up their last two games. But as far as the rest of the weekend, you kind of got to wait to see what happens Thursday. If 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 you're just talking about Western Division, I mean, it's, it's a big one for South. It's a big one for Troy and the Cajuns. And for Southern Miss, a chance to dip their toe in the Eastern Division waters against a Georgia State team that can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. This is a fun weekend. And for the first time all year for Georgia Southern, they got to remember that they got to play in five days after this game. It's coming down route. to Cajun Field next Thursday night on the 10th for that Thursday night matchup. So whatever happens Saturday, if it's good or bad, it's got to be dealt with quickly because they're going to be right back on the field on Sunday, prepping for a new team, a new scheme, and keep in mind that you lose most of Wednesday because of travel. But if you're going to be a team that won, wants the postseason, and two, wants a division. You kind of got to not worry about all that. You just got to get it done.
0: One game on a time, one foot in front of the other. What other cliche right. is there?
1: Uh, I don't know. Call Jay. He probably wrote half of them.
0: Yeah. Well, at least he was there when they were made. So That's right. Uh, all right, Danny, thank you so much. You got it, buddy. Good to see you. You too. You've been listening we're talking. Craig Melassaw and Danny Reed, voice of the Georgia Southern Eagles. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it. Share it. Put it in your podcast,
1: broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.